Lecture topic Promise of total success Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi alladhin astafa Amma ba'du fa'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Qad aflaha man zakkaha wa qad khaba man dassaha صدق الله العظيم اوسس فكرنا معي كرام برزنالدس many places in the quran sharif allah taala has mentioned the various promises for those who have iman and together with iman they have righteous actions wa'adallahu alladhina amanu minkum wa 'amilu s-salihati la yastakhlifannahum fil ard kama istakhlafa alladhina min qablihim allah taala has promised those who have iman wa 'amilu s-salihat and together with iman they have a'mal salihah allah taala has promised them that he will establish them on the earth like he established those before them and the various other aspects that are mentioned there in another ayat of the quran sharif allah taala mentions that those who have iman and a'mal salihah then falanuhyiyannahum hayatan tayyiba upon iman and a'mal salihah allah taala says you will grant them a good life and in another ayat of the quran sharif allah taala mentions about those who have iman and amal salihah that sanudkhiluhum jannatin tajri min tahtiha al-anhar we will enter them into the gardens of jannah between which rivers flow and these are just three of the many many ayat of the quran sharif where people of iman and amal salihah they have been promised basically everything is covered their dunya is covered the promises are regarding their dunya being made and their akhirat being made so a person who has iman so alhamdulillah we all have iman with the fazl of allah taala that is why we are sitting in the house of allah taala so every mu'min mashallah has iman in his heart otherwise how will he be a mu'min and then together with iman what is amal saliha amal saliha righteous actions Salah, we just perform salah with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, that's amal salih. The person gives his zakat, that's amal salih, that's a righteous action. Person fasts, it's a righteous action. Somebody goes for hajj, goes for umrah, makes tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, besides some tasbihat, some zikr, tilawat, helps some needy person, does some khidmat of some sort. All these are aspects of righteous actions. And alhamdulillah summa alhamdulillah with the tawfiq of Allah taala we might find ourselves engaging in these things this Allah taala's tawfiq so now when a person sees that alhamdulillah i have iman Allah taala fazl his karam and i have well as far as the outer side of it is concerned these righteous actions are also there to some point to some extent Mashallah somebody is performing his five times salah with jamaah that's already a very big righteous action and then somebody is doing some nawafil as well and all the various things mentioned just now 
So it comes to our mind then that this is it. And I am already set for Jannah. My dunya is made also and akhirat is made because Allah Ta'ala has promised all these various promises on Iman and Amal Salihah. Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, Allah has blessed us with Iman, we have Iman. And we have all these Amal Salihah as well. But this is sometimes a deception of shaitan. It's a deception of shaitan that this itself is it. And I'm done. I've got nothing to worry about. But then a person doesn't stop to think and ponder. But what about the jealousy in my heart? What about my eyes not being controlled? Looking at haram here and there. Casting haram glances around. Looking at haram on my phone. And if I'm performing my salah and I'm making some tilawas of the Qur'an Sharif also, then this doesn't even cross the mind that there's a problem. And what about the very important aspect of sabr and shukr which is lacking in me? I don't have the reality of sabr any point at any level. I'm far away from shukr as required in deen. What about all the various other maladies of the heart that are lurking in me? The love of the ego, the pride, the malice, the arrogance, the greed for dunya, the love of dunya. So what about all these things? Do they have any role in anything? Do they affect anything? Do they become the barrier from anything? So because a person, mashallah, and this too is Allah Ta'ala Sufiq, we have Iman, we have Amal Salihah, of some degree, shaitan puts us, puts us in a deception that no, you're done, you're fine. Whereas, if all these maladies are also lurking within, and all these sins are also inside a person, this is a very great barrier between him and Jannah. The Hadith Sharif Rasulullah says, لا يدخل الجنة مَنْ كَانَ فِي قَلْبِهِ مِثْقَالُ حَبَّةٍ مِّنْ خَرْدَلٍ مِّنْ كِبْرٍ That person will not enter Jannah. Now, in all likelihood, he might be a person who together with his Iman has got all the various Amal-e-Salihah that we spoke about. Nabi Salaam is saying that he will not enter Jannah if he has pride to the extent of a mustard seed. Now, eventually, due to his Iman, he'll go to Jannah. Every mu'min will eventually go to Jannah. But if he doesn't get forgiven by Allah Ta'ala at the initial stage, he'll have to go and get cleansed in Jannah. Why? Because he didn't cleanse himself in dunya. This cleansing that was necessary in dunya, that cleansing didn't take place here. Now that cleansing will take place, Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us in Jannah. If a person left dunya in this unclean state, Externally, mashallah, a person takes a lot of care to be clean. But what about the purity of the heart? And this is what brings us to the ayat of the Qur'an Sharif. Allah Ta'ala says that everything is summarized in this. قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسَّاهَا Allah Ta'ala says that person who has succeeded, who has succeeded, مَنْ زَكَّاهَا who purified his heart. وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ دَسْتَاهَا And that person has failed. 
who destroyed this heart, who polluted it. So one is a person, mashallah, was in a race, he's running and he's doing a lot of things and he's... But then he somehow didn't reach the finish line. He fell on the side somewhere. So now that's not going to count that he ran a lot and did this and that and whatever. Did he reach the finishing line? So likewise, a person, mashallah, was engaged in a lot of good things. But did he get the ticket to Jannat? Allah Ta'ala is saying that ticket to Jannat is قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ زَكَّاهَا That person has got that ticket to Jannat, he has succeeded to go directly to Jannat, who has purified his nafs. Now this is that aspect of purification, zakkaha, tazkiya, purification of the heart and soul. So now bringing this also into the equation, what is amal saliha all about? Repeatedly in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala is giving us this prescription of iman and amal saliha. For every good of dunya and akhirat, this amal saliha is actually what can be termed as dawam ta'at. Constant obedience of Allah Ta'ala. The constant obedience of Allah Ta'ala externally and internally. And to the extent that this tazkiyah has been achieved, then this will change everything in a person's life. This tazkiyah will then change everything in a person's life. It will change his ibadat, it will make his ibadat really ibadat. It will change his approach in terms of his mu'amalat, his dealings. It will change his whole manner and attitude in terms of his relationship with people, his mu'asharat. It will make him very concerned about improving his akhlaq and it will make him a different person. He will have a completely new focus. It won't be just for the moment and for just leisure and pleasure and how to just make his dunya. He will be more concerned about making his everlasting abode of akhirat. So this entire aspect is of that of tazkiyah. To the extent this tazkiyah has been achieved, Allah Ta'ala is summarizing it all in this. Qad aflaha man zakkaha. It is one line. Qad aflaha man zakkaha. That person has succeeded, who has purified his, his self, his nafs, his heart. He attained this tazkiyah, spiritual purification. Now when he removes, starts cleansing, purification, starts purifying the heart from all these maladies, from the pride, he purifies himself from the pride, the opposite will come. The opposite of pride is this humility. The reality of humility will come. And humility is what Allah Ta'ala loves. That this insan humbles himself. He becomes an abd. Iyaka na'bud. Allah, we are totally your slaves. And we submit ourselves to you entirely. Complete submission to Allah Ta'ala. So now he cleansed himself of pride, humility came. He cleansed himself from love of dunya. So what came? The most important thing, to the extent he will cleanse himself of all ghayrullah. Then the tazkiyah will bring about the love of Allah Ta'ala. The heart will become filled with the love of Allah Ta'ala. And when the love of Allah Ta'ala has come into the heart, because the love of Allah Ta'ala is very pure, completely pure. It won't come into an unpure, impure place. So to the extent that the heart is filled with impurities of all the various maladies and vices and sins, then to that extent this 
love of Allah Ta'ala, this ishq ilahi which is completely pure to that extent it will be far away from him. But when he has made the effort to purify the heart, now this love of Allah Ta'ala will pour in. When this pours in, everything changes. One very great personality, Hazrat Mawana Shah Muhammad Ahmad Sahib Pratap Gari Rahmatullahi, he, in one couplet mentions, عشق نے احمد مجلہ کر دیا ورنہ ہم بھی آدمی تھے نام کے عشق الہی عشق اف اللہ تعالیٰ ایکسپریسنگ وٹ ہیپن پرسن ایکوائز دس عشق وچ کمز ایز اے ریزلٹ آف تزکیا ایز اے ریزلٹ آف دس پیوریفیکیشن نے احمد مجلہ کر دیا وین دس ٹرو لو اف اللہ تعالیٰ وین اٹ فل دا ہارٹ Now it really purified the person and it adorned him. It really made him insan, it made him more than insan. It brought him close to the level and beyond sometimes the level of angels also. He says, Varna hum bhi admi the naam ke. We also just insan in name. We also human beings just in name. But the qualities, the qualities also some other creation. Meaning even sometimes basic humanity left. Let alone anything else. Even the humanity came out of the human being. That he was ready to take somebody else's life to fill his pocket. The humanity came out also. Doesn't matter if somebody else has to suffer as long as I enjoy. Humanity is gone. So when the ishq came, first was naam ke. Now when that ishq came, اب کام کے بن گئے ناؤ ہی بیکیم سم بڑی سم بڑی بینگ سم تھنگ کنسٹرکٹیو سم بڑی ورتھ وائل ایوری تھنگ سارڈ بیکمنگ بینیفیشل ہز تنگ بیکیم سم تھنگ آف ورتھ فرسٹ واز جسٹ اے تنگ ان نیم بٹ مور کاسنگ ہارم دین گڈ ناؤ ہز تنگ بیکیم سم تھنگ آف ورتھ بکاز ناؤ وین ہی اسپیکنگ سم تھنگ از بینیفیٹنگ سم بڑی ہی از برنگنگ سم ہیپینس ٹو سم بڑیز ہارٹ ہی از سینگ سم تھنگ دیٹ از برنگنگ سم بڑی some kind of good, encouraging someone, bringing some solace and comfort to someone. His eyes became worthy of something now, it became worthwhile. Otherwise those eyes were just involved in every kind of wrong and sin and vice. Now he is looking for what good he can do. Those eyes became worthy of something now because he is looking to the Quran Sharif. Likewise his ears, his heart and mind, His heart and mind became worthy of something now. Before it was Naam, just in name it was a heart. But now every other animal also has a heart. Dogs have a heart, cats have a heart. And every other, thing, every other human, every other living thing has a heart. So what's the difference between his heart and that heart? The heart is actually that spiritual heart. Like how in the eye, one is the eye, but in the eye is sight. Likewise, in the heart is the spiritual heart. Not something that can be cut open to find it. Like you can't cut open the eye to look where sight. So the spiritual heart, now it became worthy of something. Because now it got engaged in recognizing Allah wa ta'ala due to this tazkiyah. And to the extent that this tazkiyah has been achieved, to that extent the person will gain this proximity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his life in dunya will become worthwhile. And obviously this is a very, very temporary abode we are in. 
Every person is headed to the akhirat. Nobody is going to remain forever here. Nobody has remained and nobody is going to remain. One day everyone is going to be going. And everyone's moment is fixed. Nobody can escape that fixed moment. When that appointed moment comes, it will not be moved one fraction of a second back or forth. It will come on its appointed time and nobody can escape it. The important thing therefore is the preparation for that moment. That when that moment comes, are we prepared to meet Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala? That is the important thing and especially in the times that we are in where we get this daily reminder of how quickly suddenly this life just goes. Those who left with Shahadat, MashaAllah, they have really gained it. They are gone into the Rahmat of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. What is our last moment? We have no idea. Those who have gone in that beautiful manner of Shahadat, SubhanAllah. The appointed time came and it took them in such a wonderful way. But how our time comes, we're going to prepare for it. We have to be preparing, taking the lesson from what's happening around us. Because it could come anytime. So in any case, the whole issue is to the extent of this tazkiyah. Now that tongue will become a tongue of worth. Those eyes will become an eye of worth. The heart will become something worthwhile. It will now be thinking constructively. How can it bring some good to others? How it can start engaging itself in goodness and trying to become closer to Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. It won't all the time just be engaged in all kinds of futility and just only worried about dunya all the time. The primary concern will be akhirat. The primary concern and aspiration, everything will change. What will change? Everything will change. And then when this taskiyah comes, then a person starts behaving in a way and doing things in a way which is beyond what human minds can now go towards on a general note is very difficult for a human mind to think let me do this or let me act in this manner let me conduct myself in this way this is only something that happens when that tazkiyah has been achieved otherwise very difficult on one occasion it was late at night and he happened to see Hazrat Umar entering one house which he knew that this is not his house not the house of Umar and it is late at night, it is dark now he is entering this house so it happened by chance that he saw him so he became somewhat concerned and this is the time when Hazrat Umar is the Khalifa, he is the Amirul Mu'mineen so he became concerned not that he had any doubt about Hazrat Umar but still this thought crossed in his mind that but why why did he enter in this house? And at this time of the night, after all, he's my brother. So if there is something that is not in order, then I should try and help him, help him, correct him. In previous times, people would see somebody doing something which was not in order if they saw something perchance. Not that they would go to dig people's faults out and to go to try to dig out what somebody is doing and what's going on. But perchance something came to their notice. So they would try to help. They would call the person aside. They would try to advise him in a nice way. And people also had those hearts. That if somebody came and advised them, 
somebody said something to them of benefit to them, they didn't take any, didn't take it badly and didn't take it negatively, they welcomed it. In fact, they would even say, that look, you see something in me that is of, that is not in order, please tell me. Hazrat Umar radiallahu's statement is very well known, very famous. Rahimallahum ra'an, ahda ilayya uyubi. May Allah ta'ala have mercy on that person. He's making dua for him. Allah ta'ala have mercy on that person. Who? Who comes and gives me a gift of my sins. Meaning, he comes and tells me, look what you're doing is wrong. So now he's giving me a gift by bringing to my notice my faults, my weaknesses. Now that has helped me. It will now help me to improve. It will help me to correct myself. So forget taking offense. I used to welcome it. Somebody has brought to me, to my attention, some problem of mine. So now I can correct it. Unfortunately, somebody tells us something. We will immediately, without even giving any thought to what he's saying, immediately go on the defense. And what is the best form of defense? Best form of defense is attack. So now first, before we even thought about what he said, we'll already know up front what to hit him with, something he did wrong. You got all these problems, who are you to tell me? So if he's got all those problems, so supposing somebody is down and out, his business failed and whatever, but he comes and tells us that look there's some, somebody is selling something at half the price, you seem to be the person doing this kind of business, you can buy it from him and make a lot of money out of it. So will that answer be that you are bankrupt, what business you got to tell me where something is for sale? You're a bankrupt person, you can't, what? You got no business to come and tell me something like that. I'm a successful businessman, you are a bankrupt person, you're telling me where to go buy stock. By thanking to, you say, okay, let's see if I can give you a small cut also inside. For dunya we will understand that very well, that mashallah this person, whatever he is, he's bankrupt, but what does that matter to me? He's doing me a favor. If he's bankrupt, that's his, his issue, but he's doing me a favor. He's telling me something that's going to benefit me. So the benefit of dunya we understand. But somebody is benefiting us for our akhirat, that becomes offensive. So in any case, Zalha radiallahu ta'ala saw this happen. So now he waited. After some time, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala finally left that house. Now when he left the house, after he went away, Zalha comes to the door, and he knocks on the door. There's an answer, some lady answered. So he asked that, where is the man of the house? He said, no, no males here in this house. Subhanallah, no males in this house. Umar came into this house. So she said, who was the person that came? She said, I don't know who he is. You don't know who he is? No, I still don't know who he is. So why did he come? She said, that I know why he came. Why he came is, I'm an old elderly blind person. I'm blind, elderly. I don't have the strength and the ability to do a lot of things. So he has been coming from a long time in this late hour and coming and bring whatever the necessary things of the house, cleaning the house, sweeping it, fetching the water from the well and bringing it and many other chores he has been taking care of and going away. Who's coming and who's going, I don't know. But he comes and does this and he quietly goes away. Subhanallah, what level of ikhlas that he's been coming and going, even that person who he has been doing this khidmat for, she had no idea. Where can this come from? That ikhlas, that tazkiyah. Where does ikhlas come from? That tazkiyah. 
he had that level of tazkiyah and kept it so quiet nobody knew what's going on and in order to keep it quiet in that late part of the night so that nobody knows when he came when he did the work and when he went and who is he at that time he is Amirul Mu'mineen he is Amirul Mu'mineen but this didn't reduce his position in any way that he came to make khidmat of one elderly blind person and to do these menial chores for her that didn't bring his position down in any way rather that elevated him but who understands that? provided the heart has been made tazkiyah of then a person can see that how he understands it but if the heart is not purified at this time of the night I must go and do something for somebody else I'll rather enjoy my sleep now and if I do have to do it then first the media must come along advertise it somewhere well if no other media social media is ready made nowadays so all the I have to elevate my status somewhere I have to put it on my status somewhere so all these things now already before that amal was done already destroyed because I have to advertise everything so this tazkiyah is of the most essential aspect that this heart be purified when this heart is purified, a person's entire thinking will change. His mindset will change. Hazrat Umar bin Abdul Aziz rahimahullah, who used to be known as the Umar Asani, the second Umar. And in his time, the Khilafat-e-Rashida was brought alive again. Once he has got a guest, it's late at night, and the lamp started flickering. It's going to die off now because the oil is now almost finished. So now the lamp started flickering. So now he started moving towards sorting it out. So the guest said to him that let me do it. Now he is the Khalifa of the time. The guest is there. The guest says no, no, let me do it. So he says no, it's not ethical to take service from a guest. The Khalifa of the time. He says, no, it's not ethical to take service from a guest. The person has come as a mehman, he's a guest. Now to ask the guest to do something, that's not right. The guest says to him, okay, can I go and call the slave? Slave will do it. Now you have to go to another room, whoever, to fetch the oil and to then sort it out. So he said, no, it's late now. That get, slave too must have now just gone to sleep. I will disturb his sleep. Now who's worried about disturbing whose sleep? The Amirul Mu'mineen of the time. And worried about disturbing whose sleep? His slave's sleep. The Amirul Mu'mineen, the Khalifa of the time, and servants of this time, the slaves, slave is a slave. He was property. What right did the slave have at that time? He was owned, he was bought and sold. Unlike the servants that the helpless people have, they have a very high position. The slave was a slave. Now that slave who he owned, he said, no, 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 I can't do this now, it's not right. He's just gone to sleep now, so I can't disturb his sleep. Now subhanallah, look at his mind, he's worried about disturbing or rather doesn't want to disturb the sleep of his own slave. 
if the tazkiyah is not made, then a person won't bother whose sleep he disturbs deliberately to. For no reason. One is for something genuinely necessary, for no reason. Just for his own leisure and pleasure maybe. And sometimes for all kinds of other things, he will not bother about whether he is spoiling and disturbing the sleep of everybody in the house, and his parents, maybe his wife, maybe anybody else, doesn't matter. As long as I get to do what I want to do. Now, what a vast difference in these two thinkings. What makes a person think like that? That tazkiyah. Eventually he woke up himself. Woke up himself, went to wherever the oil would be kept, then filled it into the lamp, set it right, brought it back. And then he says to the guest, look, when I left, when I left to go and do this, at that time I was Umar bin Abdul Aziz. And I did it and came back, I'm still Umar bin Abdul Aziz. In other words, this didn't diminish anything from me, that now I went to do a menial task, and I went to fill the lamp with oil, so it now took away something from me. What it took away from me? I'm still the same person. So it didn't take anything away from me. In other words, what difference it made if I did it? Who am I? That I am high and mighty, I can't do something like this. Subhanallah. That was the tazkiyah of the heart. So the tazkiyah of the heart changed the whole thinking. Otherwise he was a person from royalty and was living life in a very different mode initially. Until suddenly the whole turnaround came in his life. After he was appointed the Khalifa, he really took a different turn. So these lessons are there for us in the lives of these people that highlight that this Tazkiyah, how important it is. There was one great personality, two Imams of the time, Imam Amash, and another was Imam Araj. These were, Amash is somebody actually it refers to some ailment of the eye, not exactly squint, but something where the person can't take any light and his eyes just flicker and close out. Now, this person had that, and because he became known by this issue, if a person mentions some uh, illness or weakness in a person out of just mocking him, deriding him, that is haram. But if a person became known by that, and it became like his name just as a, as a way of knowing who is being spoken about, there's no ill intent, and he also has taken it as part of now, well, he is, this is how he is described, he doesn't take offense to it, it's a different matter. So this Imam became known as Imam Amash, that ailment of the eye. There was another Imam of the time who was his Ustad. He was lame, Araj. Now this student was so attached to the Ustad, that whenever the Ustad would go out, whatever his needs were, etc., he would just keep up with him. Now when they would sometimes walk through the marketplace, whatever, unfortunately who people who didn't have the tazkiyah made, so now they found this a very good opportunity to have some fun. So they would start now passing comments. Look at what a wonderful pair. Like now just for our understanding, one person is blind and the other person is dumb, says the dumb and blind now, what a pair. In other words now it became a joke. So now they would now start mocking. And these comments will fall on their ears as well. So one day his Imam Araj, he said to his student, look when I am going out into the marketplace and so on, for whatever my needs are, you don't come along. You don't come along. So the student said, but what's the problem? 
he was immediately realized why he's saying this, because now every time that they are together, then this becomes a situation now that people start mocking and passing comments and then so he said, but what's the problem? And if these people are going to continue making these comments, Nu Jaru Samun, we're going to get sawab, we're going to get rewarded for our sabr, they're going to get sin. So why we should be bothered? We're going to get rewarded. They're going to get sin, so why should we bother? When a person has the right focus, then he doesn't bother about all these trivial things. Who made what comment and who... Because what, what difference is going to make to him? Somebody passed on comment and somebody said something, just dismisses it. Like it didn't happen. He didn't hear it. If a person has a billion rands and somebody took one, two rands away, you're not going to chase after it. You let him carry on. If he wants ten rands, you give him. If a person has 10 rand and somebody took 5 rand away, half his wealth is gone, you know, chase after it. So somebody, Allah Ta'ala has blessed him, his heart with that wealth of akhirat and love of Allah Ta'ala, wealth of the realities, where he's going to chase after these small, small things. A little bit name and failure, their position and status and... So in any case, he said to those stars, so what's the difference? We'll get rewarded. They'll get sin, that's up to them. They want to get the sin for it. The Ustad replied and said, that look, this is in its place that we will get rewarded, they'll fall into sin, so that doesn't affect us. But, Naslamu wa yaslamun khayrum min annujaru wa yasamun. That we also get saved, meaning from all this mocking and whatever, and they get saved from the sin of it. So primarily it was that part. They get saved from the sin of it. That's better than we get sawab and they get sin. Like, we're saying, they're going to heaven, they're going to hell, let them go to hell. Say, no, 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 we want to take them to heaven also. Why should we see them going to hell? Now, what makes a person think in that manner? The heart, what is in the heart? What the skia has been made? What is the, how has he... But what shape of the heart he has created in terms of that mold, the mold of Tazkiyah. Now this will start making him look deeply into things. He will start pondering over everything he does, everything he says, how he's conducting. And insan is insan. We make mistakes, we slip up. But if this Tazkiyah is there, then he will be able to see his mistakes. He'll realize it. And he'll become concerned about making amends. Our Shaykh Hazrat Shah Akim Rahmatullah used to mention often about his Shaykh Hazrat Shah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah He was a very senior personality, Khalifa was a Mashaf Ali Rahmatullah And he was elderly at the time. One day he reprimanded his somebody very strongly. Hadim of his or reprimanded him a bit strongly. That person went away after it. Then it struck him that this what I did wasn't right. I crossed the line. Yes, he did something which deserves some correction, but I went over the board. I went overboard here. I crossed the line and I reprimanded him more than was in order. So now I am responsible for this. I committed zulm. So he left now to go and look for him. He never didn't even know where he lives. All he knew the person lives in a certain area. And he went to look for him. Now through the fields, etc. he had to go. He says it was a very familiar place to him. But now this Tazkiyah, he became so overwhelmed with this concern that I committed this zulm, how I spoke, what I did. I committed this oppression. 
and I will be taken to task for this. I need to get this sorted out. He now, in that concern and worry, in a place that he was very familiar with, he lost his way. Like a person traveling from Westville to town every day for years, and now suddenly he got lost, can't find the way, forgot the road. Eventually, with much difficulty, he found the place, got to the person's house. Knocked on the door, the person came out, he got a shock. He said, what are you doing here? He said, no, I overstepped the mark and reprimanding you, please forgive me. So what forgiveness are you talking I am your khadim, I am your slave. Say no, no, till you don't forgive me, I'm not going to leave from here. Okay, if that's going to make you happy, then I've forgiven you. Now he was relieved, and now he came back. So this, when it happens, to who it will happen? To the person who has corrected his heart, rectified his heart, made tasqiyah of the heart. Now these things will start ringing an alarm bell when he slips up somewhere. Otherwise, what difference will it make to him? Well, what happened? Nothing else happened. One more thing happened. So this is the very crucial aspect to make an effort on our heart to acquire this tazkiyah. This tazkiyah we started off on Iman and Amal Saliha. That is also the stepping stone to this tazkiyah. To the extent that the person increases his Amal Saliha, improves his Iman obviously and increases his Amal Saliha and increases Dua, begging Allah Ta'ala's help, staying in the company of the righteous and pious making an effort on that Iman and Yaqeen and learning about the maladies of the heart acquiring that knowledge of it and then subjecting himself to somebody's supervision somebody's guidance who will be able to take him through the paces and make him understand where the footfalls are and where he's gone wrong and what he has to do when he will keep moving in that direction Inshallah, that tasya of the heart will someday be achieved. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala purify us entirely. Allah Ta'ala make us among His true and obedient servants. Keep us with Iman. Take us with Iman. And raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillah. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهل لا إله إلا الله 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 
Allah, 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 Allah,
all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu begged for, and now we are also begging for all the good, Ya Allah. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu sought refuge from, grant us refuge as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله